This is a Broad Pods production. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Broad Radio. For you, by you. Broad Radio. Here for more. Hello and welcome to this episode of Broad Radio On The Go. I'm Cecilia, the producer, and the hosts today are Joe Stanley and Annie Louie. They talk about competitiveness uh, losing at ball games to people when you really shouldn't, and the AFLW with Sasha Doherty from Chicks Talking Footy on Joy FM. Now, Annie Louie is new to Broad Radio, so Joe got started by finding out a bit about who she is. Hello, 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 and hello, and welcome to. <laughs> hello. Hello. Hi, hello. <laughs> Hi, hello, welcome to Broad Radio. I'm Jo Stanley and my co-host today is comedian presenter Annie Louie. Hi. Hello. Hi, officially. I'm excited to see you here. Uh, I am very honoured to be here. This is a very professional setup and much nicer than my bedroom. Uh, I'm Well, I'm glad to hear it. Although don't talk your bedroom down. <laughs> Thank God for our bedroom. We wouldn't have got through That's the last true. couple of years, years without it. First up, Annie Mm, I feel like I'm on a quiz show. Like no. you're going to ask me a multiple choice question now. Well, it's about your life, so yeah. I would hope you'd get it right. Yeah. I really, I love, I love so much of what you do. Obviously, you're a comedian and a presenter, but you're also a marriage celebrant. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, I can do funerals as well, although I think people are yet to trust me with the life experience that is required for a funeral. But like, I do have that as well. So if anyone watching is uh, interested in booking me, you can definitely do that. But yeah, wedding season is a bit quieter at the moment. It's winter, so. It's a good time to just like see what else I can do, uh, reinvest in the business side of things, you know, get your graphic design in order and all of that. <laughs> That's important because <laughs> I imagine there's quite a lot of competition for marriage oh, celebrants yes. out there. Yeah, yeah, a lot. But in terms of diverse celebrants, not that mm. many. So back in my TAFE course, we had to research like who are the, who's your main competition? And I was mm. looking for other people who kind of look like me and there aren't many. So, yeah, I think I've got a nice little section of the market. Yes, a, a niche. niche. Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, I see that someone's a marriage celebrant and it always begs the question to me, have you ever married a couple who you felt weren't going to make it. (laughs) To be honest, I think I screen them. So you have a coffee, you meet them and you get along and then you do the booking. So I actually genuinely wouldn't marry a couple that I thought was like really off, you know? Really? (laughs) Yeah. You would say no. Yeah. I would be like, I'm sorry, I don't think we're the right fit. 
and then there's lots of other celebrants to choose from. Maybe you make some recommendations. But I do feel like I leave a little piece with the couples that I'm marrying and, like, you know, my name's going to be on the certificates forever. So it kind of does mean a lot to me. Of course it does. (laughs) I love that. I mean, it's sort of – I mean, how would you assess, I guess, though, whether someone is – yeah, going I think, to yeah, I mean, it. usually how nice they are to each other, even if they've been together for a long time, you know, yeah. they still do the little things like thank each other and say please. And, you know, I see them like in the meetings, like, you know, get the jacket for the person Aww. and, you know, just stuff like that. Like, I'm like they're, nice. they're good signs that people might not even realise that they're, oh, but that's just normal to us. I'm like, that gives a stamp of approval. <laughs> I love that. That is the unspoken kindness that you see between people yeah. who have respect, yes. mutual respect. Yeah. Which is a real thing, actually. There, you know, there are lots of sorts of, um, you know, uh, models, psychological models out there that people have done in around research where you can predict whether a relationship is going to work yes, or not. Apparently, eye rolling is one of those. Oh my god, I'm a yeah. shocker. <laughs> no, no. You've done it <laughs> ten times already. <laughs> oh no, my husband. It's like my num- You know, you have your memes that are yep. your favourite memes up there. That's like number two for oh, me. So you know, the emoji. I should say oh, the eye just roll like, emoji. Oh, the emoji. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's very. <laughs> Uh, that is like. If you sent me that, I'd be like really hurt. Uh, it's a part of my love language uh, <laughs> <laughs> with, with my husband. <laughs> Fair enough. An in joke, I approve. You know, that's a little thing between you two. <laughs> but contempt mm. is one of the things, and so I guess that could an eye roll could be interpreted as contempt. But for us, it's more that I just don't. His jokes are very. Dad joking. Ah, yes. But he's a dad, yeah. so fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Another yeah. thing I've heard is that if you mention something like, hey, take a look at those ducks outside, and the other person jumps on that and says, yes, aren't they lovely, or something like that, that's another indication that things are going well. But if, okay. if you go, hey, check out those ducks outside, and you're like, oh, I'm <laughs> so sick of you <laughs> talking about ducks. <laughs> I've had it with ducks. You and your ducks. <laughs> you get uh, yeah, apparently we seek those little assurances every day, multiple times a day. So. I love that. Well, actually, my husband, it's his favourite thing. Oh, my God, I can't even tell you how many times. He'll come downstairs, look out our kitchen window and go, garden's looking good. and <laughs> He's waiting for you to every, say, isn't no, no, it just? But I always say, yes, darling, it's oh, looking good. great. Yeah. Because he works hard on that garden. Yeah. So <laughs> these are great things to look out for. <laughs> I love it. Um, you also, though, and I, I'm fascinated by this, right? You did a show called Flirting with Death. Mm. The yes, last comedy yep. festival in Melbourne, and you've worked as a funeral assistant. Yes, so correct. you're not fearful of talking about death. No, I'm not, and I think that's something that because uh, I grew up in Australia, but my background is Chinese, and that's so taboo to me. I've always been very rebellious. If someone says you can't talk about something, I'm always like headed there to, to you know uncover the secrets. So, <laughs> yeah, that kind of got me interested. I think we all got a morbid curiosity in some way. There's a lot of uh, TikTok channels and YouTube um, mortician videos. So people are like really into this stuff. So um, I'm always happy to answer people's questions about like the things I've seen and yeah, what the industry is like. So yeah, I worked with a company that actually did my dad's funeral. So they're uh-huh. like family friends. So when I was looking for um, work experience to be a celebrant, I asked them if I could tag along and see what their celebrants do. And then next minute they were like, do you want a job? I was like, sure. <laughs> like, Why not? And what did you do for that job? Yeah. So a lot of driving, a lot of um, maintaining the hearses. There <laughs> would be uh, times in the in the morgue where I could help out and learn some of the things that they were doing. Um, to prepare the body. Yeah, to prepare the yeah, bodies. Okay. Um, yeah. Some of them 
uh, would involve, yeah, like dressing, moving, cleaning, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But yeah, it was really nice to just like appreciate life every single day because these funerals, I like, go for like 45 minutes. So that um, meant a lot to me to see that like that's all the time that we get to sum up somebody's life, you know? So like, you know, everything that you're doing every day is probably enough. Like you're doing really well yes. after seeing what, how much people mean to, to like even a small group of people when we could only have 10 people at a funeral. I was like, wow, this, this person, you know, didn't seem to like be the most achieved person, but yet they mean something special so to much. these. Yeah, yeah. Handful of people. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I mean, that that's, and you hear people like who have been in palliative care as nurses or doctors or, you know, people who have that perspective, you hear them often say, well, you know, what is a life worth? And it's mm. always about the love and care that you, in the relationships you've had. It's yes. not actually yeah, yeah. about your achievements. Yeah, that's right. But we get so distracted by have to do, 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 do rather than live, 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 mm. right? Yep, yep. I am, I guess, someone who kind of is a little I think about death a lot right yeah and I'm fascinated by how we talk about death and grief Mm. because my my father died when I was four and I just feel like I've always had this sense of death around me my entire life partly fear Mm. but partly wanting to do it better yes to understand it better yeah and not be scared of it and not Mm. be so distressed by it yeah so there is this phrase that's coming up at the moment called death disruptors and i feel like i'm contributing a little bit to that what is that they're like those funeral companies that are trying to do things differently um trying to destigmatize death and trying to yeah like find better ways of communicating with other people about yeah grief and you don't have to have a set way of doing a funeral you can actually make it anything you want because they don't they don't have any rules like you don't need to do any legalities like in a wedding as long as you know you've had the person's verified that they've they're deceased by Uh a doctor and then you know you book it with a um usually a funeral director and then you can yeah you can make it a party if you wanted to yes well, I just had my 50th, which was one of the greatest nights mm-hmm. of my life. And I would like to gift that again to my friends <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I go. <laughs> how amazing. I mean, I would love to know how to handle grief better. I just, I, I feel like other cultures, certainly, yeah. you know, I'm from, you know, your white Australian kind of Judeo-Christian culture. And I just mm. don't know that we do it very well. Mm. I guess some cultures have it built in because I was learning a bit about Jewish culture and how they've got... Um, like seven days of mourning and they never leave the person alone, like the the widow. So there's always Mm. like people around. So it feels like, you know, they've got their stock standard uh, template, but it actually works. So yeah, Um, even Chinese culture uh, after a person passes away in Buddhism, like I did volunteering for a month to try and get my dad's soul to go into you know, heaven. So I thought that was good. Like I did That's like some work great. with the cancer council. My mum and I like packed some food for a charity. So I feel like even if you don't believe that, they're like really nice things to uh, put in place when you're grieving because it made me think outside of myself and actually, yeah, think like, oh, you can help other people even if, and feel like you've got value even when you've got this yeah terrible thing going on. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. Oh, well, I've learned so much about you. It's lovely to have oh, you on board no, Radio thank you, It's just amazing. Um, and welcome again. I'm going to say hello to M- Michelle who said good morning, Broad. So cool to be here again after too long. We love seeing you there, Michelle. Thank you for joining us. Um, well, look, I think a lot about death mm. but I also think non-stop about footy it's ah. kind of it's kind of one of my nice greatest segue. joys so smooth that's why I'm here with the pros that's right babe <laughs> um, 
So the seventh AFLW season launches this Thursday night with a blockbuster between arch rivals Collingwood and Carlton. But of course, there is a massive weekend of AFLW action ahead for us. So to take us through what to expect, it is a joy to welcome from Chicks Talking Footy on Joy FM, Sash Doherty. Hi, Sash. Hi, how are you? Very well. Look, it's the first time that we've got all AFL teams with an AFLW side. What does that mean for the competition? Well, it means it's a real proper competition. I mean, not saying the last few seasons weren't, but this means that we're we're at the same stage now. We're we're equal in the in the team, and we'll get equal in everything else coming soon, hopefully. Does it mean that? Because um, we hear a lot around. Uh, what the depth of the sides are and if there's enough talent. And I wonder, you know, this sort of rhetoric around, oh, you know, there aren't enough actual really skilled players. Now that we have that many teams, is it going to be harder for them to recruit, do you think? No, look, I had the um, luck of working uh, along like the NAB League, the draft, the young girls. So watching their talent pool was incredibly um I guess invigorating to see that they've got a pathway from say they start at six years old. They don't have to stop at, you know, 13, 14 anymore and change codes of sport. They actually get to go all the way through. And you can notice that with the way they play the skills, you know, it's all very natural being able to do those little fend off Dusty Martin style (laughs) turns and, you know, that's stuff we didn't really see in those first few seasons. And now we're going to be seeing some incredible skills. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Have there been many swapping and changing of teams? What's the latest? Yeah, look, that was the exciting part for a lot of us uh, that are huge fans of the game. Uh, Watching Aaron Phillips move from the Crows to Port Adelaide, which we all sort of knew would happen because her father used to play and coach in Port Adelaide uh, Magpies. So that was a given. But um, there was a few shocks in there because there's, I think the Bulldogs probably cocked the worst because they got lost a lot of their um, players that had from day one. So Bonnie Toogood went to Essendon and Brooke Lachlan went to Swans. Um, you're looking at just an entire VFLW team almost, nine players from the Essendon undefeated, I must say. They won the grand mm. final as well. They all got recruited, uh, nine wow. of them. Which, that's amazing. They've obviously proved they're very good at what they do. Um, so that's exciting for them. But, yeah, there was a little bit of moving around. Maddie Press-Parkus went from Carlton to Bombers as well. So I think Bombers did pretty well in the way they recruited. Um, but there's some exciting 
young new talent that will come through and hopefully help out the teams that probably don't have that bulk of um, experience. It's amazing to imagine, because I was reading about this yesterday, that there are quite a few players who are doing year 12. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even believe it's that. Like, no, what freaks me out is when I look at their date of birth when yeah. I'm doing research. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, and, all the memes yeah. are like you're either born pre-Shrek or post-Shrek. I imagine <laughs> these are all post-Shrek babies. Absolutely, yeah. When I see sort of 06 in their 2006 and oh my, oh my goodness, um, again, so talented at such a young age. But, yeah, they're balancing year 12 and they do get some exemptions with training and things like that. But, yeah, I couldn't imagine it. It's so exciting for them. Yes, I also like um, the fact that the players are swapping and changing between clubs in the way that you would see, of course, the men do. You know, there's all this sort of that that goes on. But I think sometimes people are kind of shocked that like, oh, you should be loyal to your club forever because it's like some kind of, I don't know, almost like a hobby slash passion. But no, it is a professional league. And of course, this goes on. Yeah, and, you know, I think it's important that it does happen because, like you said, it does happen in the men's games and they do it for, you know, whether it's professional wanting to move up or playing a better position and getting paid more or wanting to live back in a different state where they're from. There's so many different reasons and I think what we have to remember is with a lot of these players is that some of them are still studying, whether it's uni, school, or they they have legitimate jobs. So they're teachers or there's like a firefighter in there. So you've got to understand they're probably doing those moves strategically but also for their work as well. Mm. Mm. Michelle uh, who's joining us on the social she's saying it's fascinating to see how the Brisbane Lions have remained relatively intact despite big offers. What What is it that Brisbane have to keep their great players? <laughs> That's a good question. I mean I think they've always been very tight-knit from day one and yeah they haven't lost a lot of players and they've gained a few good ones but look it must be the culture as well that says a lot but it's also when you look at outside Victorian teams it's sort of very rare you will see a lot of movement because I think it is almost that this is our club, this is where we're from, you know, yeah, you've got the Gold Coast Suns, but they're relatively new to the game as well. So one of the big stories, uh, of course, Sash, is that the Hawks-Bombers game was sold out. So it's been moved to Marvel Stadium. How did this come about? Yeah, look, I think we've got to thank um, the coaches of Essendon and Hawthorne, so Beck Goddard. Um, and Nicole, um, her name, I'm so sorry, Nicole, I can't remember your last name right now. (laughs) Look, basically they started this whole hashtag move it to Marvel, which, you know, really got some traction on the social media. Um, It sold out. So originally it was the ETU Stadium in Port Melbourne, which is quite big. Um, But no, sold out within 24 hours. So we're looking at having it at Marvel, which I think is fantastic. And it's going to, I think, set the stage for some coming rounds in the future this season. Mm. I actually used to work at Marble Stadium. I think as a uni student, if I saw women playing on that field and like lots of women going to watch the games, I would have just felt like just support it. I'd be like, yes, just women everywhere. Yeah. I yeah, mean, it's a fantastic stadium to, to play at. Uh, I watched a VFL grand, W grand final there a few years ago and it was it was a huge atmosphere and so many um, young girls there as well as boys. And it's just a whole different atmosphere, I think, compared to the men's game. Yes, I was at that game too and the crowd were just so into it and it was such a celebration of um, obviously the sport itself and incredible athletes but I think the significance and the joy of what we're seeing unfold I mean it's all it's changing the game for generations 
Yeah, it really is. Um, I think that particular game probably set the precedent that this this could happen professionally and this is where they should be playing. Yeah. Mm. I think we're very harsh with judging whether people should swap teams because I think as fans, you don't swap teams. And like, I go for Bombers, but I haven't watched the AFLW probably this year. Now you've convinced me how great it is. I have to go buy a ticket. But do you think it's expected that you follow the team that you already do and just follow it for the women as well? Mm. Yeah, look, I think... Personally, I found it hard because I think I'm one of three people that go for the Gold Coast in Victoria and um, <laughs> we didn't have a women's team in straight away. So I, I was um, I was a Carlton, I had a bit of a soft spot for Carlton women's team and so I sort of stuck with them and now I'm at this dilemma where I last year had to make a choice and I think in the end I just followed both because, you know, in what I'm doing as well, I, I watch a lot of footy and different teams but, yeah, I think... There's a lot of people that would have been very excited to see their team in the women's game as well. Mm. You mentioned Carlton there as I'm a Collingwood supporter and um, coming off the incredible win on Sunday. I do do feel a little sorry for Carlton supporters and the team because we pit them very much in the last minute. But now there's a bit of heat in this uh, the opening game on Thursday night between Carlton and Collingwood AFLW. Yeah, I mean, what a way to end round 23 for the men's uh, one-point win. It was incredible. I did feel for Carlton. But, yeah, you're right. I think that's going to really um, ignite the the opening round. It always is such a great atmosphere. But the fact that it's Collingwood and Carlton and they want to come out and prove that, you know, Carlton can do it. And the women's team are a very strong side, but they're very evenly matched as well. So I'm very excited to see who comes out on top for that one. Mm, me too. It's hard to sort of actually have the same passion for the AFLW teams because I, lo- I just love all of the women that play. Um, yeah, so you yes. kind of feel a bit loyal just to the league, generally speaking. Um, I just wanted to touch on um, Steph Kiochi, who is the captain for the Collingwood AFLW team, and her recent extremely raw and honest uh, conversation about her mental health challenges and the debilitating depression that she experienced and panic attacks that um, she said she would pass out from these panic mm. attacks. Horrific. Um, and it sort of is an interesting conversation, an important one, I think, because these players are already, they've already played a season this year and now they're coming into a second season and there has to be a toll on these players that perhaps it's not really spoken about as openly as it should be. Yeah, you're right. So they finished in April uh, of this year. So they've had five or six months, if that, between but they haven't had much time off. So you've got the pre-season. You might have had tried to get a break in at some point, but it's sort of impossible. So, yeah, with Steph Kiochi, she came out and it was a really brave thing to do to not just discuss, you know, yes, I've got depression, but to go really in depth about what that meant for her and how it affected her going to training, crying in the car, crying at training, you know, not being able to leave the house. They're really debilitating things that, you know, a lot of us go through at certain points in our life, but we don't really talk about it openly. And so I think the club itself um, really acknowledged and assisted her through that. But what I think was the main kicker to getting help was that her friends really noticed a change in her persona and the fact that, you know, things weren't right because in their mind, you know, Steph's a pretty upbeat, um, strong person. So it shows, you know, when you're in a in an environment like that, and I can attest being in a club, you're so close to these players that they know when you're not right. And so I think, as she stated, 
that sort of saved her a lot having those people notice that and bringing her out of her comfort zone and saying you know once you're at training and i you know there's nights where you just don't want to do it but the minute you get there your team will bring you up and you you'll find training at five degree weather or whatever it is you know because they're there so i think it's incredibly brave and i mean we'll probably touch on it but the documentary the aflw Mm. one that's coming out very soon she saw herself on there and was very affronted about the way she was behaving because it wasn't her. So I found that really interesting as well because she sort of saw anger in a different way that she wouldn't normally carry herself. So I found that really interesting. Yeah. I mean, but I think that there's there's got to be a conversation around the fact that they're carrying so much, these players. They've got full-time jobs. She's a teacher, right? So the, the pressure on them is and you know being in the public eye and all of that kind of stuff like it becomes at times too much yeah i mean i think the the difference like you said is you know they work could be nine to five it could be a shift job um like i said some of them work in you know emergency services there's teachers they literally work all day and then they have you know maybe half an hour to get to training and then they're training till you know 10 or 11 at night maybe two or three times a week let alone their own fitness regime some have families like that is a lot on a community level let alone a professional level so mm. I'm it really reminds hoping... me of what um the commonwealth games brought up with the swim team and all mm. the you know the media the gossip the focus on relationships or like love triangles and mm. now yes. people have social media and are able to get up onto their instagram stories and say like hey we're people too so it's like a good reminder that there's a lot going on for the the players oh, and yeah, that we often are easy to criticise because they're put up on a pedestal. But yeah, these are very real women. Yeah, they are. And I mean, I think sometimes people, yeah, you have to think they're even more, you know, more incredible than the men because they're doing a thousand other things. They're not being paid, you know, two, three hundred thousand dollars minimum to to train and play football. They're getting, you know, they're getting more now, but before they were barely making ends meet if you that was the only thing you did Mm, yeah but and I think incredibly important that Steph shared that story because the amount of young people young boys and girls um seeing that and understanding oh wow I recognize some of that in myself and it's okay to seek help very very important Mm -hmm. stuff yeah very much so and um I think yeah really important that a a main sort of newspaper publication came out and shared that story properly as well. Mm. They didn't just glaze over it and go, like you said, go into, you know, your personal life and your Instagrams. They actually touched on those really important points about mental health. Yeah. So the doco is out tomorrow. Um, It's uh, called Fearless, the inside story of the AFLW. It's on Disney Plus. And of course, the footy starts on Thursday night. It's so exciting. And we can catch chicks talking footy on Joy FM when? Well, Wednesday night, seven o'clock. So listen in. We do change our panel a lot. So there's different voices and different opinions. So yeah, give us a listen if you're interested in football. Thanks so much, Sash. We'll have you back another time to talk about your coaching as well, because I know that you're a footy coach and you you get very much involved in the VFLW side of things. So that's... um... Yeah, no, looking forward to it. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Oh, who do you barrack for, by the way? Oh, personally... Gold Coast. Gold Coast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and now but- I'm going to exit. <laughs> <laughs> they need some supporters. Good on you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.